It's time for Confessions of a Serial Salesman. Author, expert sales trainer, and serial entrepreneur Steve Noodleberg wants to help you change your life and your business using his 27 roles for influencers and leaders. This is the Confessions of a Serial Salesman podcast with Steve Noodleberg. Here's Josh Cohen. And welcome inside Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast based upon the hardcover book. And now the paperback is written by your man, Steve Noodleberg, who just stepped off the aeroplane. That's when you know you're balling, when you can have breakfast, lunch, and dinner in three different time zones. Pretty amazing. That's, yes, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's when you know that you're balling. Just got back from Boston. Big beautiful, things. beautiful day in Boston. 44 degrees when I woke up. Oh, you Beautiful. like it in the 60s? I mean, the heat's oh, up, you like oh, that? It was great. Not a cloud in the sky. Really had two amazing days there, a day and a half, if you will. And uh, But it's there's nothing like coming home. West this, Palm is the place. This is it's paradise. Why do you think I stayed here? It is Why really, do you think I stayed here? It is really that special. This is episode 24 of the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast. The Kobe episode. We already did Kobe episode one when it was number eight. <laughs> right. And now we're hitting number 24 well, we for the second think one. of all of the famous 24s. Uh, Rick Barry. Rick Barry. W- would jump into my right. mind. A different generation for me, but okay. Well, right. Well, All I right. just happened to know him. Right. And do All right. There you, so, there you go. There you go. for Sutherland. Ken Griffey. Ken Griffey. Ken Griffey Jr. Junior. Junior. Okay. Junior. We're 24. Yeah. Kiefer Sutherland. 24 on Fox. Oh, there you go. An all new. Another 24. Reference. That's exactly. Wow. That's exactly right. You continue yeah. to amaze me. Yeah. Thank you very much. Wait, today, today's another one of those. Just you, kid. Is Spotlight Chine. It's a chance for you to get these folks educated, as we say, a little infotainment. <laughs> Learn a little, laugh a little, live a little, be inspired a little, be motivated a little. And we talked about how you and I define motivation versus inspiration with uh, your previous guest two episodes ago. Correct. For me, inspiring is getting people to think. Motivating is getting them to move. So, yeah, so, you know, Take mo- action. motivation doesn't last without activity. Right. So motivation is a short-term blast. Mm-hmm. You need some discipline behind it. Uh, to you know, continue the activities. So, uh, what's interesting about the platform is that you know we get feedback. People are actually emailing us and reaching out through social media, saying, "Love what you're doing. Love the guests, but would be kind of cool to hear more of you and we what's in more. your brain." Right. So we're trying to play around in this as well. One, you should once a month. We're gonna. It's a spotlight. We're, we're gonna give it, and this this gives Kenny more chance. You know, because. With three people here, you can't get Kenny. Here. People, people don't know Ken Levick, uh, voice of the FAU Owls, actually produces this podcast. I appreciate that, and Steve. You Thank are, you, man. Right, you are important, and I want you to know that. Thank you. Yeah, uh, Jesse Jackson told you to repeat, I am. Some, I am. Somebody. Somebody. I am. Somebody. The Remember man. that lecture? I do. So we're back to the spotlight, and it is your episode, and it is you getting a chance to motivate, educate, inspire, give them a peek inside of how you became successful Certainly why the book uh, became in the first place and how you are constantly now uh, changing the lives of others and letting them in on, you know, some, I don't want to say secrets, but uh, the process, letting them on the process. So it's interesting. Recently, people have asked me, I've heard this question a bunch of times over the last 30 days. Why did I write a book? You know, what motivated you to write a book? Right. And I have an opinion on what's happening with training and what's happening to the sales environment. So I was excited to put my thoughts into writing that somebody could actually read mm-hmm. and do. Yep. And the more I've gotten into the training space, the more I realize the void. There's a lot of trainers out there. If you look at LinkedIn, 
you go down the list, everybody's a speaker and a trainer and a uh-huh. coach and a what you know. So yeah. there's no you know, anybody can say they're doing it. Right. I actually still do it every day, and so the stuff I work on, I just now take and go, wow, you know, that would be really good for someone else to hear. And the the reason why I was in Boston, I was working with the Worldwide Express, right. uh, one of the best engagements I've had. I love working with them. They hire Division three athletes, so they understand training. They understand competition. Uh, they they were so eager to work with me yesterday and throw it right in. Okay, coach, that's a new way. Let's get right on the phone. Let's get right on social media and do it. And um, went out, wound up having dinner with them last night, and mm-hmm. it was this love fest that they were like, we're so glad you're in our lives. And there's no ch- attitude of gratitude. There's no paycheck that covers that. Right. So I was giving them real time what was happening in my brain, how I would approach every single opportunity. And what the takeaway was, and we're going to talk more about it today, is that there's really no more selling going on. It's opportunity creation. Mm. You have to create opportunity. Yes. And then if you create enough opportunity, your fair share or unfair share is what comes back to you. And so, so I think... You know, they got a different take on it. There's a shift in the paradigm. Oh, it was major. I mean, we were looking at opportunity that had been developed about six months ago. It was dead. What do we do with this? And we re- revitalized so much in terms of what they could then work on that they were, like, blown away. They were like, wow, that's unbelievable. That's genius. And I said, it's not genius. It's paying attention to the details mm-hmm. and understanding that it is not about us and what we want. Well, I've called the guys six times. I've called them once a month. It's not about what we want. It's about what they want. What's in it for them? It's a different way of thinking. Oh, they that, were like, That's well, an aha that's, moment. It's not yeah. about what we want. It's about what they want. And, and in doing that, every single case is very different. There's no cookie cutter way you could train somebody to say, well, this is my methodology and this is what I'm going to stick to. Think about any sport, anything. You know, every play is different based on what somebody throws at you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, somebody throws you a curveball, somebody throws you a fastball. That's right. Whatever sequence they're throwing it. So I think opportunity creation is the same. And the dialogue that I speak through or how I speak to them as if I was the guy trying to make something happen. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, it's never been more fun for me. Really? I'm having a blast. You, you're enjoying the process of like of, of teaching. You know, when a, when a company... This is, this is teaching. It's, when, it's education. When a company says we put our faith in you, come in and help us navigate all of this craziness that's going on there. You speak to most CEOs, the biggest challenge they have is in the sales department. Turnover, lack of production. I mean, it, it is the, the lack of sales talent, and I'm not making that up. That's what I hear. Mm-hmm. So how do you combat that? Putting more resources in the people you have is really important, and then deciding what are the resources. There's a lot of different things you could be doing. The you know what I do and what's so much fun is that it's actionable right on the spot. We were working on real deal flow, so it's not training for training's sake. It's we're doing this. This is in real time. We're doing this. Bro. This is actually happening. <laughs> right, yeah. Conversation for the day: keys to high performing cultures and organizations. Okay, so so let's just attack that for what it says at face value. The keys to high performing cultures and organizations. There's three C's here. There's curiosity, there's confidence, there's consistency. Let's begin with curiosity. And before that even, 
When you say high-performing cultures and organizations, how do we know if they're high-performing? Is that tangible? Is there a number on paper? Uh, oh, very, very is there much more so. more than that? Very much so, and, and it's interesting, and I, I hope the guys from Worldwide in Boston are paying attention today. Shout out Worldwide. Shout out to them. They were amazing. Mike and his team, you know, one of the things we talked about is that I, in my day, I never hired anybody that I didn't want to have a beer with. And mm. they no matter had, how good they were. It doesn't matter. You know, the, uh, to even further that, and we were laughing with some people who were going through all of these tests on how you hire people and whatever. I have one question that I have used in my entire career, and I have hi- hired hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of salespeople and people for the organizations I've been with. I asked them one question. That question is, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Uh-huh. And everybody looks at me and they go, well, why would it matter? Right. Because if you can't have fun explaining what flavor of ice cream you have right you can't be part of my culture really you know if you go well i don't know vanilla you know, what really <laughs> like you know i want the guy or the gal that's saying you know what i like ben and jerry's i like to pack it with m&ms I, you know get excited tell me a story and so the emotion that you bring there's to, passion there there's passion or there's not and so that's what's high functioning when you have a team of people that are high functioning that are all about helping each other get successful and reaching goals and doing all like all things like that it's contagious that could actually be another c it could be contagious contagious because people want to be part of that so so maybe some of the folks that are trying to uh, field sales teams and forces need to look less at results that some of these people when they're when they're you know bringing them in for interview and get a feel whether or not they'd want to have a beer with them and pay more attention to whether or not there's uh, personal chemistry, whether they're likable, whether they like the person. So you wouldn't hire a, a guy or a gal who kills it, you know, out there on paper that personally you don't feel that you just like. Well, so the, the first thing that a salesperson needs to do is sell their way into the opportunity. I mean, if they can't sell their way into that. What does that mean? To that sell your if, way? if yeah. you were going to hire me and I can't sell you, why would you hire me to sell your product? So, uh, so, gotcha. so the first sale is happening right there. Right. The second sale is going to be the team of people that you're going to work with. They're going to be looking you up and down and going, hey, you know, who are you? What are you? What do you bring to the table? And so there's a lot of talk that goes on in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Show me, you know, prove it to me. You know, and every high functioning uh, culture that I've worked in, it's show me first. You know, I, I don't like the guys that are worried about how they're getting paid and, uh, you know, what happens if I leave and. You know, come in, do it. Likeable people are probably more likely to be successful yeah. than unlikable people. Listen, when you do it, you write your own rules. You know, nobody's going to get rid of you. They're going to write, look at any sport. Once you've performed on the field, you walk in there and they go, I want that. Mm-hmm. Instead of negotiating up front, negotiate from power, those are high-functioning, you know, cultures where, you know, the bar is high and, and you know, people have a vision, but they're – they're focused on blocking and tackling. And that's probably a big uh, paradigm shift. The office I was in yesterday had mm-hmm. a huge whiteboard that had everybody was being tracked, but we didn't focus on what number they were, where they were in the middle of the month, whatever. We focused on the activities that we're going to be doing every single day, and then you reverse engineer it. And I've talked about that before. Here's where we all want to get to. What's the activities I need to do on a daily basis to get there? Because if you don't do the activities, you are not going to have the success. So, you know, that's what high functioning is. You know, the New England Patriots are high functioning culture. Uh, they're a good example. Right. There's a Patriot way. Right. There's Alabama. A culture. Alabama is a high functioning. When people get to Alabama, they go, wow, man, 
It's different here. It's a culture. It's a culture. So the same thing goes for organizations, sales cultures. You know, what's happening here? What's the information and resources that are being fed to me? How am I growing, you know, my my people? And so Mm -hmm. I love being part of all of that. And so I've come up with things that are easy for people to understand. And I think, you know, when I think about all of the trainings that I've had in my career, and I think all training is good, by the way. I, I never look down on all training. training is good. All training doesn't matter. It allows you to decide what you like and what you don't like. Okay. So, you know, putting good content or putting content in is good under any circumstances. I come up with these little ways that are easy to understand and easy to adjust. And my three C's three C's are fairly simple. Let's get at number one curiosity. What does it mean? Curiosity in this capacity of high performing culture. I believe that people who are curious, mm-hmm learn to ask the right question learn to earn they learn to earn they were, you know here rule four i am genuinely curious about who you are what you do how you got here what makes you tick every day and so for me you know in the years that i built my career i was genuinely curious i asked more questions of everybody mm-hmm. what's your story wow everybody has a story if you could tell me your story i'm going to know so much more about you that will allow me to decide if we're a fit. We talked about that. So just curious about stuff. I'm curious, you know, that there's so much in the universe that I don't need to know it all, mm-hmm. but I need to know little bits and pieces. And you, my friend. I'm super curious. You blow my mind. Well, because- I'm in a weird way. It, it, it's, it's, it's self-damaging. I'm so curious. <laughs> Because then I impede myself. I need to know the answer to that. I need to figure that out. And sometimes it annoys people. They go, why, why does it matter? Because I'm just curious. I'm curious about everything. At some point, Too curious. At some point, you, you know, you can say to yourself, okay, I, I, I can in. move on from this. Right. You know, and so, but for me, it's specifically about people. Mm-hmm. If you want to be in sales and you want to be really good, it's all about the people. And the more curious you are about the people. So can you learn curiosity? I mean, right now, if, if somebody out there is like, I want to be uh, successful in sales, they're not a curious soul. This might not be for them. Are you talking more now to the people that hire those that will be selling and managing those? Telling them, like, you need to look for people who are curious? Because if I believe if you're not curious by nature, can you force yourself to be? So can I don't think it's that? forcing. I think it's training. You know, I think, you know, elite athletes have a gift. And then they train on it every day. Right. They practice. Right. Practice makes perfect. You know, so practicing a mindset of curiosity can happen. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes fun because then you're feeding the machine. Wow. Look at yeah. how much more I know about this person. But not everything is for everyone. And, and, and so, you know, the salespeople I worked with yesterday, and it's so rich in my mind and so fresh in my mind, it's just simple stuff like we're, we're talking about the people that they're approaching. I go, what do you know about them? What, what do you know about their company? What do you know, you know, what, what about what that company is doing is different in the right. marketplace? What charities are they involved in? All this information. It's doing your homework. That's your learning homework. all about them in advance. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not hard, but having those little tidbits, one of, one of the people we approached, we did some homework on him, and it turns out that the guy uh, graduated from Lehigh, mm-hmm. Lehigh University. Right. And you have a connection to Lehigh. I have a connection, yeah. right. Yeah. So I said to well, them. Well, explain the connection, please. So my, my son, for those of you who do not know, my, mm-hmm. my, my son uh, is a, um, a football coach. Yeah, he coaches football at the uh, at Lafayette College. Right. He's the head of recruiting and special teams. That's one of the, the oldest rivalries in sports. Sure. And so I would have a conversation with that gentleman 
all about the rivalry mm-hmm. long before there was any inkling of you know what I want to sell you. Let's talk business. Right. I was. Cu- I'm curious. Right. Hey, you went to Lee. Wow. You know what? My son is a coach at at Lafayette. Until he went there, I can't believe how many people I know that went to Lehigh. Mm-hmm. Andy Cagnetta, our friend. That yeah, was a, Transworld Business Advisor. Steve Politzina. Steve Politzina, <laughs> president of Good Karma right, Brands. Right. So the, it's fascinating the connectivity that happens when you are curious. I was curious about, you know, there's another scene. You're, doing, you're doing your homework. You're doing your homework and, and you're curious by nature. Right. And so, you know, that shows somebody ahead of time. And you're finding commonality, which should be a fifth C. Correct. Because I tell you all the Jay time about commonality. Right. Hostage negotiate, negotiators uh, are trying to find commonality with the hostage taker. Uh, so therefore, they can begin negotiation and, and diffuse a situation. And if the guy's wearing a Syracuse hat, he can say, hold on, are you from Central New York? Yeah, Jim Beheim? I know. Are you ready for him to retire too? You know, you're maybe not rushing to that point. But, but there's commonality that you're looking for. You know, you know it's interesting because when I get up in front of some of these large rooms, I ask a question, is it easier to be in sales today or harder to be in sales? Interesting. And the room kind of, you know, gets quiet. No, everybody's really it's afraid. To it's ask. actually both. Well, there's more to, there's more tools to understand how to use. But if you get good at the tools, it's never been easier because just think of how easy it is for me to find out everything there is about you. Yeah. Shame on me if I approach you right. and don't know everything I should know. And, and one of those things, another C, is charity. Charity. <laughs> we're, 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 we're talking about all the Cs today, but you know, it's when you learn what someone's charity passion is, uh-huh. there's a way to connect. Boom, boom, boom. You know, so it starts with being curious, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I mean genuinely curious about the people. So uh, another friend of mine wrote a book, uh, Bruce Turkel wrote a book called All About Them. He's a really all about great, them. great marketing guy. And yep. he, he, it's a great book, and it really is all about them. It's not about us as sales professionals. The more we make it about them, the more we can understand what the challenges are and, you know, and all those kind of things. So, you know, it's this curiosity bug. Um, when you train yourself to really be that curious, good things happen. So you'd believe you can learn curiosity. You can train yourself the curiosity. Some of it may be laziness. Well, I'm not working right now, so I don't need to do homework on this guy and his business. I need to look up this woman right now, and we'll figure it out when I meet her in the meeting. Uh, that is that one letter away, you know, that networking almost. Different. It's social networking. It's cyber networking. You're connecting in a way with a, by doing your homework. You're just lazy. It's taking if advantage. If you're not doing it, you're lazy. It, it, you're right. It's taking advantage of all of the tools that are in front of us to to. Do all that. Everything you'd want to know. And so, you know, it's, you know, if you want to be good at this, it's a commitment to do certain things. I am totally, totally on board with the fact that if you are curious, more things happen. Fantastic. And I left that team with just be curious about everything, not prospects, about everyone. Mm -hmm. Because everybody right now is one degree away from somebody who could change your career. Correct. Everybody. You just don't know. And change your life. Yeah. Second C of the three today, confidence. The keys to high-performing cultures and organizations, confidence. Some folks fake it, though, don't they? Um, There's a difference between confidence and pretending that you're confident. So that's a great one. We're living in a world of, you know, authenticity. We're living in a world of being genuine. And so to fake being confident or that old saying, fake it till you make it, Mm -hmm. really is not accurate. What it is is being totally prepared 
and being confident that how you're approaching the situation is the right thing, regardless of what the result Confidence is. comes out of uh, preparation. Yeah. I mean, guys that go from the minor leagues to the major leagues, they're going to be facing different pitching. Mm-hmm. Right? If you go up there scared, thinking that you're not going to be able to hit major league pitching, guess what? You will not be able to hit major league pitching. So even if you've never faced it before, the idea that you could be confident because you've worked hard, you've prepared yourself, you have the right mindset, you know, you, all of the things are working in your favor, that's where that confidence is, and people buy that confidence. Yep. They're they, attracted to confidence. They can spot when In politics, when you, in business, people are generally drawn to power. Power is acquired through confidence. So here's the big payoff is that as a sales professional, I'm not looking for your validation. And, and I think that happens in sales a lot. I, I know what I provide. When given the opportunity to provide it, I provide very high value. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't work for you, that's okay. I don't need you to say, oh, wow, you know, here's the reason why it doesn't work. It's okay. It's all good. You know, I believe just like in the batting averages, I'm not going to be the fit for everybody. I'm confident that I will find, I'm curious enough, I will find the right people that can digest what I do and then you know, they bear, see the, bear the fruits. They understand the value. Look, how long have I been working here at ESPN? Mm-hmm. And, and Steve and I have really gotten close and you know, we're, we're extending the work that I'm doing here. It's not just training, it's all business development. But that only happens from when I walked in here, I was confident with him and he got that. He said, wow, you know, you're, you're different than most of the guys that walk mm-hmm. in here. I know what I can provide. Do you want to give me the opportunity? Do, do we do it in a short way, a long way? How do we do it? And then it's prove it. You know, the confidence is, are you willing to put up? Yeah. Well, everything is more successful with confidence, whether you're learning how to hit on women uh, out and about. whether you're <laughs> Leave pro- it to you. <laughs> I'm saying that whether you're hitting on women and, and you're out in a bar, you Confidence goes a long way because when people are confident and exude as such, other people feel as though, man, they've got something that maybe I want. And also, they seem pretty sure. So if you're selling a good or a product or a service and you are confident within it, it's I'm much more apt because you don't seem to be pushing too hard. You're not trying too hard. You don't have to because you, you hit believe. You an amazing word. You hit on an amazing word, exude. Exude. So when you exude confidence... You know, that's what, the, you know, that body language, yep. because you've seen people who don't, oh, they yeah. don't have presence when they show up, they don't make a difference in the room. Yep. So, so when I tell, when I teach people, Hey, have you been to a networking event? Yes. There's a hundred people in the room. You know, the three top people in the room, no questions asked. Mm-hmm. If I said, who are the three big winners in this room? Yep. You would know. They have the right body language, the way they dress, the way they talk. Other people, people gather to them. Right. So all of that, those people are confident, and that stirs people. That's, that's how you build leadership. And, you know, so that confidence. And you can learn confidence. Oh, totally. You so, can train yourself on confidence. So here's a really, really interesting thing as it, as it pertains to social media. And Gary V does an amazing, Gary Vanderchuk does an amazing job of driving this home. If you're on social media and you're looking for how many likes and how many views and, you know, all of the fluffy shit, mm-hmm. right? You're going to drive validation. This, you're going to drive yourself batty. Yeah. He says, like hugs. if you have, right. He says, if you have something to say, get up on stage and say it 
regardless of who likes it and regardless of what they say. Yep. A lot of what I talk about in sales is controversial. You know, there's still people that talk about cold calling, mm-hmm. you know, as a, as a, you know, this is a, we have a cold calling culture. I think the phone is really a powerful tool, but to pick up the phone and try and interrupt someone's day, yeah. I want to interrupt you so that I can talk to you about what I want to sell seems ridiculous to me mm-hmm. when there's so many other ways to approach that same scenario. Yeah. So, you know, it's just funny. So the confidence comes in and, you know, I've been on social media a long time and if you get caught up in the numbers game of mm-hmm. who's liking it and why they're liking it and, you know, um, on faith, you could really, I mean, it's, you know, it, it, it really, it's well, a- then you're taking it personally. Correct. And you spoke earlier in this podcast about validation. Do not look for your validation through likes and comments and shares and such. Believe in what you're saying. Say it with confidence. Have your content matter. Don't post for the sake of posting. Don't post too much. Don't post too little and develop a brand that communicates your authenticity, that displays your confidence, and that exudes everything that you would like them to understand. Incredibly well said, as, as you always do. And it's really funny because I have had a few people come up to me and they go, man, I, you know, you're all over social media. Yeah. You post so much. I'm busy. You should probably not do that. And I go, let me ask you a question. Did you see it? You saw it. Yeah. I won. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's a broadcast channel Mm -hmm. where I have something to say. I don't necessarily care who the people are in the stadium, Mm -hmm. but if you build the stadium, you want to talk to nobody. Right. So what I have, I think I'm putting good stuff out there. We're learning a lot right now in brands and business from 19 year old girls. Yes. We are learning a lot about brands and platforms in business from 19-year-old girls. Say, how so? Because on Instagram, I see a girl who's 19, and she follows 300 people, and she's got 200,000 followers. (laughs) And where her bio goes, it says, use my code for $10 off your next ride with Lyft. And then below, she is displaying a certain swimwear line, and ladies, here's where you can get the same suit. She didn't have to go and get famous. She didn't have to go to a modeling agency. She didn't have to go and get signed. She herself created a brand and now is showing the rest of us how the digital and cyber brand development possibilities uh, will be moving forward. And those possibilities are available to everybody. Everybody. I don't care if you're, you know, I'll be 58 in, in June. Those opportunities exist for me if I want to take them. It's yep. not, there's no age barrier. Nope. There's no gender barrier there's none of that if you want to put in the work Mm -hmm. which is what people do it takes time and effort just like everything else you will get the results so when i you know work with a team i say to them if you follow the plan you will not fail you can't you cannot fail there is no middle ground like wow that that just didn't work for me bullshit it works these are the platforms that salespeople are using to tell their story Mm -hmm. to build their own brand, which is so new because your personal brand matters equal to or more than the name on the door. These are sophomores in college that are not studying business that happen to be very attractive. And that helps. We always know sex sells. If you don't believe me, take a look at these Instagram pages and you tell me based on the follows and these girls are generating revenue. I mean, they've developed, they've, they're now making club appearances and hosting pool parties for $10,000 on a Saturday afternoon. So what do you do? It's a great question. Do you sing? No. Do you act? No. Do you write? No. Are you a politician? Are you pilot space shuttle? 
None of that. No. Um, I got a bunch of likes and followers on Instagram, which means I have power. Because, again, the digital billboard, as you spoke of, so, so reached it's, an audience. So it's real estate. She yep. took a piece of digital real estate, her own, yep. and built it like you build Monopoly. Yep. You put houses on it, and it gets more valuable. Yep. It's the same exact thing with your social media mm-hmm. channels. And now the these young you, ladies are hosting these parties at $10,000 right. on an but afternoon. it's not only just young ladies. I mean, everybody right. has that opportunity. No, I'm saying we're learning, though, yeah, from the, that everyone has the opportunity. There are 10-year-olds. There are 60-year-olds. It, it, it's, it's fascinating yeah. to watch. And so that's why I, you know, from a pure sales perspective you know like start talking to these guys when was the last time you had contact with this person oh about eight months ago mm-hmm. you know, so you've not continued to tell your story to them mm. you are behind the curtain yeah if you get in social media you're out of sight you're out of mind they have no choice but to see what's happening to you so for me when i show up they go oh my god i saw you were in memphis and you spoke to those people right. and I saw you did your own boot camp. Give them a reason to talk they're, to you. They're telling me my story. Give them a reason to talk to you about where you've been, what you've done. Plus, here's the other really unbelievable kicker. And, and I know this freaks people out, but there are some salespeople that lie. That lie. That lie. They lie. I heard that. Is it true? <laughs> Is it true some lie? So the, the fact that if you tell your story the right way, it's all validated. It's Yelp for salespeople, you know? So it's there. Mm-hmm. Don't believe me. See what all the other people that I, I was talking to somebody today and they say, wow, we're actually bringing the boot camp to uh, Atlanta in, in June. And oh, nice. somebody, somebody I'm working with in Atlanta said, you get amazing feedback. So people are posting after your events mm-hmm. what they got out of it and what it means to them and how they want me to talk to their kids. And, you know, so, you know, it's re- it, it only happens because it's real, it's tangible and you have the stage to tell people. So, you know, what confidence comes and builds the more you do stuff. And that gives the consistency. That's exactly the final C is of consistency. And very quickly, uh, it is what it sounds like. It's, it's being consistent. It's simple. You know, you can't, most salespeople ride the highs and lows of when they're winning and when they're losing or, you know, they won a deal, they lost a deal, then they're done. For me, and one of the reasons I wrote the book and why there are 27 rules, those are 27 rules I do every single day. And when I'm not getting the results I want, Mm -hmm. I look at the rules and go, you know what? I stopped getting up early or I stopped doing this or I'm using the wrong language or I'm not eating You're off the process. I am off the process. So, you know, I, I always like these sports analogies. You know, the teams, you know, two weeks before the Super Bowl, the two best teams in football, mm-hmm. what do they do? They practice every day the same thing that they did in August. That's right. They, there's no new routine. No. This is how we practice. Dance with the one that brought you. It's bear, bear perfect, bro. right? I love that. You know, so, so that's where I say consistency, doing the same thing every day. When I win or I lose, I am still prospecting my ass off because that's the lifeblood of being in sales. And you need to be consistent. Amen to that. What you do today you will not get the result for for 90 days. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't do it today, you can guarantee you're not getting it in 90 days. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a, you know, Shay and I talk to a lot of the teams that we work with. I say it's the, really the 90-day effect that you really, you know, if you take the day off today, mm-hmm. 90 days from now, you're going to feel it. That's a difference. Yeah. All right. We don't ask people uh, how they're going. doing. Is that a, that's it, kid. That's it. We don't, a, we don't ask people how uh, they're doing. That's a throwaway term. Instead, we ask them to tell me something good. Uh, So 
So what do you got for us on your? Uh, you've been off the plane for about thirty-five minutes, yeah. and we've been on, we've been on this podcast for thirty-three of them. I'm going to tell you something good. I, um, a student of my own game, sitting on the plane, I met a guy that I will actually be doing business with. Uh, How about that? The plane was delayed. We started rapping because you're curious. He lives in and Boston. You're authentic. Yeah, we started talking. What do you do? Who do you do with? Bing, bang, boom. We had a lot of mutual connections, and there is a product that we're going to work on together. And that only happens because I'm curious. See how that works? So I, I'm, that is really good. That is really good. For something good, that's really good for all involved. Uh, that was 24. You want to go for 25? I say we keep going. We keep, have some keep good, rolling? good guests coming okay, up. Okay, let's yeah. keep it going. Let's try for, who's tw- the guest for 25. Who? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, a 35-year friend of mine. Um, in business that will be here next week. For episode 25. Yes, sir. Can't wait. Get the book on paperback. Get it in hardcover. And, of course, check out Steve's social media as well. And uh, for Steve, it's your buddy Josh saying we'll see you next time on the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast. Grateful for you, my friend. Amen.